And if you believe the Skeezix Dilemma truly is going belly up while listening to Trout Mask Replica, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Dude, what's up? I don't even know what half the words you just said were. I mean, they could be the greatest album ever released, or they could not be. Fortunately for me, we don't have to talk about any of those bands this week. Yeah, this week we wanted to talk about Embodiment. Really? I thought we were talking about Saint Anger. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Really? I mean... We, we did that already. But I want to talk about it again. I don't want to. Come on, it won't be that bad this time, no. I promise. No. Oh, come on. Turn that shit off. Okay. I had to try to get it in there. So, Embodiment embodiment like seriously embodiment <laughs> so we have this tendency to talk about bands that don't end up sounding at the end of their career at all how they sounded at the beginning for some reason that's just something that happens a lot in heavy music and embodiment is a really really good example of that dynamic of hey guys we tried this one thing it worked really well for us let's do something different (laughs) i know that they started in 1992 yes we didn't really get a release from them at least an official one until 1996 with a brace the the eternal was that 96 i thought it was 98 oh that was 98 excuse me yeah um and then that made its way all the way it's too heavy for 96 right i know (laughs) And then the last album that we got from them was uh, Songs for the Living in 2002. Right. So he had about a 10-year career, uh, officially four full-length releases with a, an EP that came out in 2011. But Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. That, that was news to me. And we're going to span the globe as far as sound goes because we go everywhere from extreme to hardcore metalcore we make a stop at new metal and then you know dance around with some rock for a few songs right so i mean embrace the eternal was super heavy the band actually had existed before that uh and i don't know like i guess in the mid 90s uh like 1993 to 1996 was the name of a compilation that they had released that basically had uh all their old demos on it their original name was supplication yeah yeah that yeah um I don't know how long they went with that name or not. Uh, I think Embodiment sounds cooler, in, in my personal opinion. But their old stuff, I mean, their, their pre-Embrace the Eternal stuff was really more heavily rooted in, in just straight-up death metal than, uh, than, than later on. Um, a lot of the songs on that 1993 to 1996 release, very heavy. Uh, actually, uh, more brutal versions than the song, some of the songs that would end up on Embrace the Eternal to give you a idea of the difference in the band's sounds, we actually discovered this band in 2001 after they had already broken up. Or I guess that would have been 2002. It was close. And But the album that we found was Hold Your Breath. Yeah, and yeah, we, we found it in, in a record store, yeah. 
we put it in, we press play, and we get you know belly up. Buddy actually, Buddy actually gave me his copy of Hold Your Breath because he was so pissed off about how you know because it wasn't the narrow scope of things. It didn't sound like Embrace the Eternal at all. So yeah, oh, yeah. He wasn't a big fan of that, uh, and any of you guys that have heard Buddy on previous episodes, uh, he doesn't he doesn't like that <laughs> when when a band changes uh, that dramatically. Um, although it wasn't so much of a dramatic change as we'll find out. Um, I mean, they, they pretty much blasted onto the scene with Embrace the Eternal, uh, which came out on Solid State Records in 1998, which was a really good year uh, for for those types of bands. I mean, you'd, you'd had uh, you'd had like Living Sacrifices Reborn was had come out a year before that, and um, Zeo was up and coming with their more recognizable lineup at this time. And so this band embodiment, you know, was completely out of left field. Uh, it was almost like you had the heaviness of Living Sacrifice with the snarling, snake-like Zeo vocals. Um, although, again, not really being a ripoff of those bands, they were doing their they were doing their own original thing. And so, what you have on "Embrace the Eternal" is a very crushing, brutal metalcore record um, that has heavy influences in death metal. Uh, it is unrelenting, <laughs> to say the least. Before we go any further, I'm going to be unrelenting and say thank you. To everyone for listening to this podcast, thank you for subscribing. If you're not a subscriber, you can find everything we do at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can say to it, Alexa, play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and she will. You can also find everything we do on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out, and it lets us know that you're listening. You know, we want to hear from you guys. You can send an email to us anytime at show at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. You can talk to us on Facebook. You know, one thing about iTunes and Stitcher is we don't really get... You know, feedback from those services. We get the feedback from you guys. So if you can leave us a five star or whatever, however you'd like to review us, and you know, leave us a review, we'd appreciate that because it would give us, it would let us know you're listening and let us know what you want to hear. Twenty tongues. Twenty tongues. I must have had twenty tongues to get through that whole thing in three breaths. Scary. Twenty tongues is a scary song. The whole record is scary. Um, it, it starts it, off, I kind of get tricked out because my initial feeling when I listen to this record is <laughs> I think I'm about to get some, you know, corn life is peachy like Adidas action. Yeah, you don't. And know. I don't get that at all. No. I don't get that at all. You get beat over the head while you're not looking. Um, it's scary. I mean, the, the cover artwork is scary. It's got like this guy screaming with these like two kids heads in his hand. And I don't know what exactly is going on there. And it is, uh, really scary. You pop the CD open and there's a, like, it's like a purple weird. It's a purple CD, right? But, uh, it's got like a images of like spinal cord on it and stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty terrifying. And, uh, and it sounds like it looks, uh, it is uh it is unrelenting it is brutal um the vocals are sick 
Um, the drumming is completely out of this world. Um, there's time changes in here. There's just there's this flow to the songs that really keeps the whole thing going. A good level of straight ahead double bass. Yeah, I mean, you don't really hear this type of quality out of bands now. I don't think. I mean, th- this is this is gimmick free metal. <laughs> It, it it only has to justify what it is. I, I think it really um it really punches in all the right places, you know? Uh this is not melodic. Like really at all. I can't I can't think of like any melodic moments on Embrace the Eternal at all. I mean you're you're getting, you know, just like we had said about uh the Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza, it's kind of like a an audible assault, you know. Straight ahead. Yeah, it just it's straight ahead. It's 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 unrelenting. It's like uh it's like put like I hate to use this analogy again, but it is like pushing a boulder up a hill. It's almost work to get through it. You know? <laughs> uh but that this isn't a bad thing. Like I, I don't have any issues with it not being melodic a- at all. Um it's just it's loud, it's great to listen to when I'm pissed off. You know, it just really uh the vocals are just very um aggressive just angry sounding whereas i mean there's a lot of bands that scream or you know they do the zeo thing and they do like the growl but um with embodiment like chris mccadden's vocals are just so sick like it's it's it really is like a it's like a zeo with a deeper register i know when i think of embodiment and i'm trying to decide what i'm gonna listen to today i don't reach for embrace the eternal first but well, it that's is, where you're wrong. It is definitely on the list of, okay, <laughs> I just got four things dropped in my lap. I have ten minutes to get this done. All right. And I'm going to reach for embodiment, and I'm going to put on strength, or I'm going to put on blinded, and I'm just going to let it go. Yep. I'm not looking at the clock. I'm just, all right, here's the assault. Yeah, Bruce Fitzhugh from Living Sacrifice does guest vocals on uh, Religious Infamy. Very nice. Yeah, it's really cool to hear him on there. Especially since because Living Sacrifice was so hot then, you know. I mean, it was like I was about to ask you: Was Living Sacrifice like were, were they hanging out with everybody at this point? Yeah, I mean, as far as like solid state goes, and uh, we'll talk about that whenever we do a Living Sacrifice episode at some point. But essentially, I mean, they they were very instrumental in kind of kind of pushing tooth and nail and solid state records in this direction, you know, because like tooth and nail and solid state for me were always just like. Like they put out hardcore bands, you know, Project like, Eighty Six. Well, not even like that, but like, I'm not saying hardcore. I'm saying you had those. Yeah, yeah. Like that was, was the scope of acts that you had. It was rock with heavy vocals, or it was hardcore. Right. Yeah. On the harder edge of things, they did a lot of like punk and indie bands and stuff too. So like this whole metal thing that was going on in like '97 through '99 for Solid State is really what made it an important label to me. Uh, and I mean, Embrace the Eternal just delivers the goods, man. Like you hear, you know, you hear Blood and Fire, you hear Reborn, and you're just like, man, I just can't think of two better records than that. And then you get, you get Embrace the Eternal, and oh wow, holy shit, I've got three now. Um, so they they were huge, and and really this was uh, this was big for like Christian metal too, because like it was, it was one of those things where. You know, Christian metal, I think really at this point, I mean, there, there had been heavy bands. You know, there, there was Mortification and um, 
that did death metal before that and like vengeance rising and and that sort of stuff but it seemed like for a while they're like christian heavy music at least for me was again it was hardcore you know it was like your strong arm and focused and 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 overcome and bands like that so when living sacrifice put out reborn i think it completely changed the game and you know zeo with blood and fire at the same time really opened up the doors for a band like embodiment getting picked up by a label because i mean they they've been doing it for years it's almost like embodiment was the group <laughs> Uh, here I go again with the comparison to uh, it's the mushroom head slipknot effect. <laughs> they were around this whole time. Right. Nobody noticed for some reason. Yeah, they just weren't on that level yet. It's almost like after they found Living Sacrifice and they found Zayo, then everybody said, well, what else is there like this? Oh, there's this band called Embodiment. They had been doing it just as long. Right. They'd been doing it for a long time at that point. And you know, to be fair, if you can find the 93 to 96 album, which is mostly comprised of demos, it's not that great. But you can hear what had been going on this whole time. Right. And there were actually, and this is all stuff I read on message boards years later, so take it with a grain of salt. But basically, there were people that were actually pissed, like I guess old Embodiment fans, that they said that you know they they were actually mad that uh, that Embrace the Eternal wasn't more death metal you know like it was that they, that they had hardcored it up you know a little bit and uh, I just found that very interesting because I can't like as as a death metal fan myself I didn't really hear these songs like being dumbed down uh, in any in any way shape or form I mean they're just so over the top I mean. There's nothing on this record that I think as a death metal fan that I'm like, oh, this is soft or this is core. I mean, I, I guess I guess it's a little bit more like metalcore with the breakdowns and all that, but like it, that I, for me it's not a problem. It just it just adds to it. And and you know, yeah, maybe maybe this was more of a like a okay, it's the late nineties, people really aren't really so much into death metal anymore, so we're gonna go with this more, you know, moshy sound. But there were people, there were people that, that shit on it, you know, from day one, which is just, just mind blowing. Whenever you look at how rock solid of a debut record it really is. But I'm gonna say it again, I have to eat too, and this is kind of what was going at the time. And either they cashed in, or this is just where the creative brain went. Well, my understanding is that nobody in this scene cashed in <laughs> well, <laughs> at any given point. Exactly. Uh, this was. This was an uphill battle uh, for everyone involved. So, for historical sake, you know, this is the second sound of embodiment because they would change again and again, you know, throughout their ten-year career. Right. So, uh, but, but the narrow scope of things were not that far away from where we are now. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, the narrow scope of things is different in that, like. Well, it doesn't sound like Embrace the Eternal. There's really no other way to really say it. Uh, it is more of like a hard rock. I, I would almost call it new metal. I'm not 100% sold on that as a descriptor for it. But wait till hold your breath for. I don't the, think it's. I don't think it's new metal on that either. But um, I don't know. I, I tend to not call bands that I like new metal. But uh, <laughs> so. The narrow scope of things is almost, I mean, in, in really in your mind, you have to almost say that it's a completely different band. Now, it's the same guys, minus the singer, 
and they have now hired a new guy named Sean who has a much better voice for singing. So they do it a lot. There's a lot of singing, <laughs> very melodic. I mean, he sounds good. Um, he actually even screams a little bit on uh, the narrow scope of things. And, I, and it's weird, too, because these being more like kind of downtrodden, melodic rock songs, I mean, they, they, had, they had a much darker edge. They're, they're more negative, I guess, sounding. But his voice sounds so good when he's singing that it's weird whenever you get to a song like uh, Assembly Line Humans and he's screaming the whole time. It doesn't really sound good. Like his voice doesn't really sound that great for screaming. Uh, it sounds it sounds really forced. I can't help but see that as maybe the people that liked Embrace the Eternal will like these couple of songs <laughs> that are uh, right. that are heavier. But they're not even. I mean, they're not even on the same planet as far as uh, as far as heaviness goes. Yeah, and I'm saying all this stuff like it's a bad thing. And you know, initially as a fan, I could see myself being pretty disappointed with this. Um, however, I had heard this before I had heard Embrace the Eternal, so... You know, we kind of uh, worked backwards with this band. Yeah, so it it really kind of, you know, for for me at least, I, I didn't see it, you know, as being that different than, than their later records. Like, before I heard Embrace the Eternal, this was the heavy one, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, the screaming, you know, while passable, doesn't really sound that great in a hardcore metalcore context. But I don't think that's what they were going for here. And Embodiment Across the Board is a band that I enjoy. But it's not a band that I would personally put on any pedestal and say, you haven't, you haven't heard Embodiment? You need to hear Embodiment. Now, there are those times. And there are those people that, you know, th- that would say to me, oh, there was no good... <laughs> There's no good hardcore or heavy bands we're on solid state or tooth and nail other than Zayo or living sacrifice. There aren't any. Okay. Well, have you heard embodiment? That might be the time I bring it up. Right. But I can't, I can't label it generic because it's not. No, I, I, I can, I can say that the best you're going to get out of me, at least on this album is it's not really anything special, but it's not, it's, it's good. It's not bad. It's not subpar. It's not that they're making it up as they go. It's just straightforward, straight ahead, heavy. It just happens to be that the guy sings a few times on this record. I like it. A few times? Uh, More than a few, I guess. Pretty much the whole time. I would say that the screaming-singing ratio is somewhere around like 80-20 here. And and again, I don't think it sounds bad. And I think it's hard, too, because, like, you, you can't, like, I guess it's one of those weird situations where it's like, could you imagine if Zayo put out Liberate and it sounded like this? Like, right after Blood and Fire? I, I can't imagine Zayo Liberate sounding like anything other than Liberate. Right. Or, like, if Living Sacrifice had gone in this direction afterwards. Like, it, it it's such a jarring change that the question arises again we say this all the time why not change the band name we already did that it used to be called supplication <laughs> right i get that but like this is this is something else completely and it's coming out on the same label and that label has to market this now 
<laughs> like, yeah, do you like embodiment? Well, you may not like this. Well, tell me this. When P.O.D. got a new guitarist, was it still P.O.D.? Yeah, yeah Jason Truby from Living Sacrifice. <laughs> right. It's worth throwing out there. Was it the same band? Uh, Yeah. So what happened? Well, P.O.D.'s sound didn't fundamentally change, though. <laughs> But it's not like it's not like they pulled Jason Truby in from Living Sacrifice and POD started to sound like Living Sacrifice. Because if they had, we'd be having a whole different conversation. <laughs> that, that would be awesome, but uh, you know, it just wasn't. You know, probably would have sounded bad actually. But, so, is there uh, a difference between a band that has been around long enough or confident enough to say, "This is our sound. We need you to fit our our sound." And what this most likely is, which is we got a new vocalist. Okay, you can scream our old stuff, but you like to sing, so we're going to kind of write to the vocalist. Well, my understanding is that they didn't really... I think in the very beginning they played a few Embrace songs uh, at shows, but I think once they put this out, it was pretty much just this. Because, again, how do you how do you morph this singer into the old sound? You, you can't. Not for my money. Not really. I mean, it, it would have sounded weird, you know. It may not have been that noticeable live, but I, the, the difference in screaming was very noticeable. And So is this another Norma Jean situation where as much as you want to hold on to Embrace the Eternal as embodiment, you kind of have to let go and say, look, guys, it was one record. Kind of, yeah. And, and this, moving forward, is what you're going to get when you listen to embodiment. So this is embodiment. Right. And yeah, I mean, Sean, again, you know, he kind of is embodiment as far as, as, far as what you're going to get from there on out. I mean... You know, Embrace was great, and I, I think with the band, I because like we mentioned with Embrace the Eternal that it was that it was unmelodic, it was unrelenting, it was all the other adjectives we used to describe it. Um, but it was predominantly just heavy, not melodic. And keep in mind, this is a band that has been around since like '93. So, what like five years later, they put out Embrace, right? And then they what they tour on Embrace for two years, and then they put out. Uh, narrow scope of things so it, it kind of makes sense that maybe after what seven years of just being brutal all the time you know the, the thing about musicians and you know as, as an asshole lead singer the thing that sucks about musicians sometimes is that they uh they don't like just doing the same thing over and over and over again and uh it, it gets to a point where either it starts to be not fun for some people or you lose sight of what the actual goal is. You know, I've been playing music now for 15 years that I would consider myself being involved in music projects. And same goes for you. Right. So I feel like I'm at the point now where I can at least say I have fun creating something, but I'm not put off when I have to start working on it. And putting effort into it. And right. a lot of people are because they treat it like every fairy tale fantasy in some way. It's, well, it's supposed to be fun all the time. Well, you know, I like going to work, but some days I just have to go. Right. And I like writing music and I like creating new music, but I also like just saying, okay, play it again until it's right. And a lot of people can't do that. And sometimes it is fun to just step away from exactly what you're presenting and do other things. That's why a lot of bands do side projects. But embodiment is just an example, at least to my to my eyes, of, okay, we did this for almost eight years with 
and lead singer leaves or is replaced. I honestly I don't know which one. According to uh according to a podcast, I think he was replaced. So either they had a new sound in mind or they just didn't want to do the same thing over and over and over again anymore. I think they had a new sound in mind, like collectively, the musicians. I think the singer wasn't on board. I think that there was some issue with that. Having dealt with that situation several times, I can tell you it is not fun when your vocalist doesn't want to go the same direction as you do. I hear you, bro. I know, right? (laughs) So, a couple more years. Officially one, but a couple more years. Right, so... And the band puts out Hold Your Breath, which, for myself, was the first thing I heard when I heard Embodiment. Starts off with a song called Yours Truly. And I was in at the three-second mark. (laughs) Nothing about it, like, stands out and kicks me, but, you know, we talked about new metal with Josh Toomey. And I did say that Third Strike was my favorite... You know, new metal fan. Just pure. This this starts off and puts me in the same mood. It's a combination of all the things I love that go into it. It just sounds good. If you gave me this on a piece of paper and said, "Joe, we're playing this tonight," I'm in. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's melodic rock. Um, very smooth melodic guitar tone. Nothing crunchy, really. I mean, it punches a little bit, but it's not, you know, the goal is not to be heavy. And so uh, what you get here is you have really smooth vocals. Um, Sean singing is actually better on this record than it was on uh, the narrow scope of things, um, which makes sense. Everyone gets better with time. And uh, he sounded a lot better on this. And uh, really, I mean, this record, see, I'm a little bit opposite from Joe in that, like, I get what he's saying about nothing really standing out on it. I really enjoyed maybe the first four or five songs on this record, and then eventually everything kind of just starts sounding the same for me. Um, and it's not that it's bad. Like, Unfortunately, I mean, it, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's not that it's bad or anything, but it just it just kind of exists. And um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn it off if it comes on the radio. You know, not that it's on the radio, but I I I have a scale that exists in my head of whether or not I should listen to a band more. And when I talk about a band like this, that it, it, noth- it's, it's nothing special, it just is what it is, and it's appealing, it's not meant to be mean or cruel. It's, in my head, there's a scale. It goes like this. It's, at the very bottom, we have Crossfade. <laughs> at the very bottom. If you've never heard Crossfade, good. Continue to not listen to them. Because that was a band that I saw their their CD in the store, and back me up, Dan. Six years, <laughs> we walked down. You know, either it was Best Buy or it was Target, or it, we were at Virgin or um, Sam Goody. We were, we're going, starting to sound old, dude. I know, but I'm okay with it. This I'm just six years. We walked down the aisles looking at albums and I see this thing called crossfade and it was only six bucks. And I said, you know, I'm still not going to buy it today. Years later, I finally listened to it. I'm glad I dodged that bullet. (laughs) That's the bottom of my scale. (laughs) Well, I mean, top of my scale changes depending on which style of music you're talking about, but embodiments right there in the middle. 
they're just they're sitting right there in the middle of it's good it's not great it's not bad a lot of it i don't remember later but some of it i do and that's good enough for me well i think they're good at playing rock i think they're good at this style I just don't think that their sound with this style of music is as compelling as it was on Embrace the Eternal. And I, I know, like, I'm being that guy because, uh, you know, oh, yeah, it's just the one that's got the most screaming on it, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't care about that as much, but I just find that I feel like they could have continued with the Embrace sound and added more melody to it. I don't, I don't really understand what the mindset was behind such a drastic change. And that's okay because you know I, ultimately I wasn't the one the you know in the in the practice space making those decisions you know I'm just a, I'm just a listener you know was it and either this was an interview or something that we read but wasn't it the lead singer of Skillet who's when they asked him why did you change your sound every album the answer was well it's ministry we want to appeal to as many people as possible because if you go to a Skillet show you get pretty much the entire scope of music genre that they encompass. Right. This doesn't feel like the same type of decision. No, it doesn't. And I don't, you know, it's weird because, again, Embrace the Eternal was probably the most, quote, Christian album um, that they, like, overtly, I mean, there, there were references to that in the later records as well, but um, th- that was their most, like, quote, ministry, end quote, <laughs> type of album. Um, which I could understand maybe them finding that unappealing a, a little bit as well, but... Um, with with this, I, I don't think that it was a honestly like I, I don't think there was any type of we're gonna play this so that we can get more popular because this probably this big of a style change is probably like suicide for the band. <laughs> I feel like Embrace was was pretty well received, and this this stuff, the hold your breath and narrow scope. I mean, people hated these records. I mean, hated them. I mean, Buddy listened to it one time and was like, here, just take it. I don't want it. You know? I look back on those albums that exist that people hate that we listen to and we're like, this is good. Yeah. Pulse Ultra comes to mind. Yeah. A lot of people hated that band and then we listened to it like, dude, this is gold. Yeah, it it was good. Um, It's just came out at the wrong time. And, and tried to appeal to the wrong people. And, you know, Narrow Scope and uh, Hold Your Breath were... Uh, they were, they, were were they playing catch-up here? I'm not sure. They, they released these pretty quick after one another. Um, like one was like 2000, one was 2001. But they, they, uh, they very quickly established this sound as their dominant sound. So I think, I think maybe that had been a little bit of motivation. Like, okay... All, all the Embrace fans are gone, right? So, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can carve out a fan base with this sound. And, uh, but again, it's hard to do that because, you know, let's say you you like um, narrow scope of things. This record, that record, doesn't sound really a whole lot like Hold Your Breath. Uh, Hold Your Breath is more straightforward. Uh, it's a little more energetic. It's a little more poppy. Narrow scope of things is kind of this dark record with screaming on it, and um, you know you can you can definitely tell it's the same band. But you you go to hold your breath, 
and it's not it's not as big of a change from you know embrace to narrow scope but it is still a big change and uh i feel like i feel like every album had the potential to lose fans <laughs> you know and uh but i mean that, that is a testament to musicianship though in the sense of like we're doing what we want to do uh it's just it's never going to pay the bills you know it's never going to it's never going to break through i don't think embodiment really had the potential to, potential to break through and that's sad because it has nothing to do with their musical ability. So let me apply the Norma Jean scale to this. Is How many this scales do you have? A lot of them. Is this the same thing as the Norma Jean fans that only listen to Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child, and won't give Auntie Mother a chance? You know, that's the whole thing, though, because Norma Jean kind of did it right, right? Like, Norma Jean kind of built us up to a record like the Auntie Mother. You know, you have Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child, super heavy. You have Oh God, the Aftermath, super heavy, but with a little bit of, of melody. Uh, you get to Redeemer, which is still heavy, but a lot of melody. And then you get to Annie Mother, which is kind of all melody. You know, and then they've they've since, you know, gone the opposite direction, is getting progressively heavier and heavier again. But um, they, they built it up. Embodiment was like, you bought this record? Well, you have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> you're <coughs> we know what you're not in for it's not going to sound like the next record it's not going to sound like the last record and the last record that they put out songs for the living yeah songs for the living again a huge change so whereas um a hold your breath was you know more rock you know more straight ahead or whatever the songs for the living is almost like um, more of your mainstream rock. You know, like I, I feel like I feel like people that like stuff like Deftones or whatever, like they would have liked, you know, uh, narrow scope of things. They would have probably liked Hold Your Breath, but Songs for the Living uh, went in an even more like general rock direction. I don't really have a lot to compare it to either because, weirdly enough, uh, I really enjoy Songs for the Living. Uh, because it's so different than 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 most you know the mostly metal that I listen to, for the most part. So, it's one of those separate yourself entirely from the name of the band and just consume it for what it is. Right, and that's kind of the habit I'd gotten into with Embodiment because again, when I when they put out a new record, I couldn't go in thinking that I was going to be getting, you know, a similar product to what I'd gotten before. This is the album I don't have. I've had some difficulty finding it. And I do not have Forgotten, which was the 2011 Out of the Blue EP that this band put out. Well, that was not really a... Forgotten was, was literally just, I think, B-sides off of Songs for the Living. There wasn't any, any real... Uh, there wasn't really any, any new material. Okay, so I'm not missing anything is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay. it, you know... You're not missing much. I mean, if you love songs for the living and you want more of that, then you know, sure, uh, forgotten's your jam. But uh, <laughs> basically, songs for the living really. Um, my wife actually liked this one a lot. I, she she listened to it. Uh, I, I think I think more than I did. And um, this is the part where the metalheads in the room joke about the fact that your wife likes this album more than you do. Right. Well, this isn't a metal album. I'd be more disturbed if you know. She, I'd be I'd be more disturbed if she liked like you know the Horde album uh, uh, more than I did. But uh, what are you listening to, honey? Oh, it's this thing I found called Horde children's programming. Yeah. I love you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a little worried. I'd be you know what if you don't with my wife? But uh, you know like 
uh, "Song for the Living" is very melodic. Again, the you know the goal is not to be heavy. I mean, if you if you went into this expecting screaming, I'm, I'm so sorry, but it's it's not, it's not here. But uh, again, that, that doesn't really bother me too much. I like the songs. I like the vocal melodies. Uh, I think Sean sings better even on this one than he did all the all the previous releases, and it's really smooth. It's really melodic. But again, like Joe said, it, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. There, there's no, there's no big glaring stamp on it that says, "Well, this sucks," or "They're making this up," or "This isn't good," or whatever. It, it's, it's all completely rock solid. It's just not, it's not that notable in the sense of when I listen to it, I can't. It doesn't really stick with me for for that long. It's just kind of like I listen to it, it's, it's good, and then I just kind of move on from it. Dan, embodiment's coming to town. I'll pay my 10 bucks and go see Embodiment. Sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's not like Embodiment's coming to town and I have to go see them. Unfortunately, that's, they're not, these are not those kinds of songs. Right. And I may have been that way with Embrace. Um, but this Embodiment, no, I'm not, I'm probably, I'm probably not paying more than 10 bucks to go see them, you know? And it, again, it's not, it's not even that I have any problem with Embodiment. They haven't done anything wrong you know, musically, it's just the idea that every single thing that they put out was just suicide. You know, you start off super, super metal. Like, that is the wrong crowd to be playing to if you want to change your style immediately. You know, like, like, like for there to be that big of a change from, you know, what we got on Embrace the Eternal and 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 where we're at now i mean we're we're on a completely different planet now and uh and that's okay uh the band unfortunately did break up pretty quickly after that um i don't think this record really again it's one of those like who are you guys playing to you're opening for whoever the yeah. local bands at that right point. you're not yeah i mean sure you're a signed act or whatever but like it's not it's weird seeing like the tooth and nail like solid state stuff in there, you know. It's just bizarre. I, I don't know. Like like th- their association with solid state and tooth and nail records <laughs> is uh it's it's a little weird, you know, uh, especially when it sounds like that. But um, you know, I, I don't know. Like my favorite album, you know. I, I mean, I don't have to be too upfront about this, but I mean. Yeah, clearly it's Embrace, right? You know, like, I, uh, I that's my favorite embodiment record, uh, bar none. Um, did that, you have a favorite one, Joe? I already showed my true colors and said that it was Hold Your Breath. Hold just, Your Breath. That was the first one I heard, and out of all of them, it's the one that I'll pull out the most. You know, I, I wish I could say more about embodiment as a band as that group that you got to go seek out. Unfortunately, everything that they do that I enjoy, somebody else is doing better. And I would first point you in a different direction before I would make that turn to embodiment. Sure, I could see that. And I'd be proud if it came on in the car or at work, even just sitting around here and somebody said, what band is this? I'd be like, this is embodiment. And I guarantee you that person would have the same experience I did. They would look it up, they would listen to it, and they would say it's okay. Unfortunately, that's what it is. And that's okay because you're still <laughs> you're still higher up than a lot of groups that people try to spread around. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, there's nothing there's nothing wrong or bad about him. Uh I like embodiment. I don't consider myself a fan, but uh but yeah, it's just uh it's just that I feel like as they went on it just didn't really really didn't gel and uh and I kind of understand why eventually after trying as hard as they did, as passionately as they did, that they just had to kind of hang it up, you know. Right. Um so I mean, I will say that if you're a if you're a huge fan of Embrace the Eternal style embodiment, they did reform a few years later with that lineup. And they recorded under the name The Famine. They put out two records. Uh the first Famine record actually has uh Chris McCadden, who's on Embrace the Eternal. He does the lead vocals on that one. And then uh he left and then for their second record, uh they have a different vocalist who was, I believe, the bass player for the band. He's just stepped up and did the vocals and um sounds really good. So if you're if you're a fan of that that embodiment, uh you can get that with the famine. Let's talk about the blog real quick, because you have been doing some writing this week. And it's been a while since Dan has done some writing. But you pull up but you put up a full review of Anti-Melody by American Standards. Yeah, yeah, you, that was fun. You pulled out the Well-Intentioned Virus by Zayo, which we all know that Dan has been singing that praises for months. Yeah, well, I listened to that. I listened to the vinyl on my new speakers, and it was really cool. You do have a sweet new vinyl setup, so you're fully deployed. You're back. Dan yeah. has his vinyls again. Right, yeah. So that all stuff that stuff all sounds really good. And, um, did one about lyrics, too, like a little opinion thing. Yeah, uh, why do lyrics matter, Dan? Well, just they do. Um, I think it really adds to the finished product. I think a lot of people like music, the music that they hear on a record. And they love all that stuff. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, like, I think people just don't really care what the songs are about. And that bothers me because I always do care. And I don't know if it was just my Christian upbringing. And, you know, I think it, I think it started because I was always, like, looking to see what kind of lyrics bands had. And, you know, like, growing, growing up in a religious household, you know, I kind of had to hide what I was listening to, you know, from my parents or whatever. So, like, it was helpful to know, like, which songs to, like, skip or turn down and stuff before uh, before they came in the room. So uh, I, think, I think that's where it started. But over time, it really developed into a, a really deep appreciation for lyrics and you can read more about it on the, on the blog post. So what's your album of the week, then? My album of the week, uh, I've been listening to... Um, honestly, dude, I, I've just been listening to Anti-Melody a lot. I mean, by American standards, it's it's a grower. <laughs> um, so that, that's my album of the week again. I know I did it again. I know I did it a few weeks ago, but I, I just haven't really put it down. For those people that continue to listen to the same albums over and over and over again, you are not alone. And if you are a fan, listen to Anti-Melody again. Uh, I'll say, keeping with the American standards, listen to Still Life. It's a good one. I've been listening to it every morning. This past week, it hasn't been mornings, but I have been listening to it at the start of almost every work shift, so listen to that. Talking about the blog, you can find everything we do at DiscussMetal.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at DiscussMetal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. 
Again, visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. This has been episode 18, and we will see you all next week. Preacher of the sad.